Episode 206 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot to Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Point. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. To learn more, visit learnthefinerpoints.com. Navy Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams, and normally I would be your host. But if you've been listening to this podcast, if this is your first time, you should go back, listen to all 200 episodes, and then come back because they're all great. But anyways, as you know, we've been doing a little bit of a race. What's going to come first? My son? Or episode 200. Well, episode 200 came before my son, but now that you are listening to this, my son has been bored. I am a new father. My wife and I are our new parents, and we are going to take a couple of weeks off. But good news is the Pilot the Pilot podcast is not taking any breaks. I have five guest hosts coming on, and they are going to have incredible content. You might be wishing they come back and telling me to stay gone and just be gone and never come back. You did 200. It's enough. Let the others shine. So... Well, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. But I have five great episodes for you, and I cannot wait for you to hear these. Uh, As always, please check out Instagram, Pilot the Pilot, for all updates. Right now, the account is private, so if you missed out on following it, you don't know why. Go follow, and you can see why. Uh, You can also see baby pictures, full-on baby content. It might just be a, a new dad baby content Instagram. Check out Pilot's Coffee. We have some big things coming soon. I can't say much more. I might have hinted at it in a couple other episodes, but next couple weeks, maybe even by the time this episode's out or the next episode, so maybe 202, there should be some big news. But uh, check that out. And also go rate this podcast, let more people find it, all that fun stuff. But Aviation, I don't want to keep you any longer. So without any further ado, here is a guest host of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Welcome to Pilot the Pilot Podcast. I'm your guest host, Max, aka Citation Max, on YouTube and Instagram. I'm an ATP rated pilot with just under 3,000 hours. I'm honored to be here guest hosting Justin's Pilot to Pilot Podcast. I'm excited to introduce my guest and good friend, Stevie Treisenberg. As many of you know her as Bay Flight on Instagram and Plain Girl on TikTok, and Stevie Treisenberg on YouTube, in my opinion, the queen of TikTok. Stevie has over 1.4 million followers, as well as a huge amount of followers on YouTube and Instagram. While she manages all of this while running a full-time job, being an incredible software engineer, without further ado, Stevie, welcome. Thank you, Max. I'm so excited to be here on Pilot to Pilot, finally. And I know while we both miss Justin, I am so excited to have you as my interviewer today. Well, I'm honored to be here and a big thank you to Justin for having us as a part of his amazing podcast, which I know we both love very much. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I think there's some football, Ohio State, Michigan stuff. Am I correct? All I have to say is that Michigan won this year. We'll just forget about all the past games. The only one that matters is this year. Okay, we'll leave it at that. All right. Well, I think I know myself. I'm very interested in knowing a bit about your history and your past and how it all started and how you really, the love of aviation and really how you kind of became who you are today. So tell me, Stevie, where did your love of aviation begin 
And do you remember that moment? Well, so when I was a kid, I know a lot of people, you know, they grow up with this dream of being a pilot and that could not be further from the truth for me. I hated flying as a kid. I, my parents and I would drive down to Florida for spring breaks. We would drive to the East coast. We would drive everywhere because I would not get on an airplane. Um, this all changed when I was in high school and I had to go on a plane for the first time for college visits. And around the same time, I was on Instagram, like many high schoolers are, and I saw a photo of a small plane on my Instagram Explore page. And I looked at that photo and I, you know, kind of did a double take and I, there was a small plane in the picture. It was a Cirrus, I think. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know how pilots trained. I had no exposure to aviation, but I thought that small plane was the coolest thing in the world. And from that point on, it was always in the back of my mind. Once I was a sophomore in college, I finally had the opportunity to go take a discovery flight. So I looked, Googled flight schools in my area, picked the one with the best website and gave it a go. And it's been my passion ever since. Wow, that's awesome. I, I have to admit, I am one for picking flight schools with great websites as well and Cirruses. But I think websites really matter. Like having like a good website kind of was like, you know what, this school might actually be really good. I don't know. Absolutely. Especially yeah. as somebody who's interested in like, you know, software and computer science. I, it's, it's important to me. Like if, you know, you're with the times, you probably have a decent website that doesn't look like it's from the nineties. So that was important to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And we'll talk more about your software engineering, crazy, cool stuff that you're working on <laughs> and stuff on top of all the flying stuff in a bit, but you know, you're, Airplane, your Bonanza, which everyone knows, Steve. So it's a C thirty five, S thirty five. I don't C thirty five. And what I I don't know the difference in Bonanzas. What does the M, the J, the C, the I don't even the M, the X, Z. I don't know what versions. But tell me about your Bonanza because you own what? Which one do you own? So I own a nineteen fifty two C thirty five Bonanza. Um, the call sign is November five nine or two one Charlie, as you may know. Um, Bonanza started in production, I believe, 1947 with just the straight 35 model. And then they continued with A, B, C, all the way through S. And then they moved to the V35, A, and B. So when you hear somebody say V35 Bonanza, there technically is a V35 Bonanza, but often people are just referring to all of them and aren't aware of all the models. But mine is a C35 Bonanza. So 1952, it's 70 years old this year. Um, Almost over three times my age. So it's definitely an older vintage airplane, but it's my forever plane. I'll never get rid of it. No, I love it. And it's famous. I mean, everyone knows 2-1 Charlie. <laughs> I mean, even the, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time now and I've moved to California and Stevie and her whole family at Camry, I have to admit on a separate note, have been so welcoming to me personally. So thank you, Stevie, for being so awesome and kind to me in the transition. Oh, we're just happy but, to have you. <laughs> yeah, but- it's you hear two one Charlie and everyone stops. You hear that on the frequency of like two one Charlie at whatever the T's. You're like, that's Miss Bay flights. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I love it, and it's like it really has a presence on 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 the radios. And so, how did you find two one Charlie? Like, how did that all? Because I know used airplanes, vintage airplanes. You know, that sort of world. It's really hard to find good airplanes like that. Absolutely. And I think it's definitely gotten even harder in the past year and a half. Um, I bought my plane in June of 2020. So in the midst of COVID and I was in my last semester of college at the time. And because of COVID, a lot of the 
requirements and work had gotten very relaxed. So I had a lot of time to spend looking for an airplane. Um, like many people, we were all trapped inside for several months, you know, in March, April, May. So that left me with a lot of free time to search for the perfect airplane. Um, so there's many places to look, right? There's your classic broker websites, controller, trade a plane. Um, there's other ones like WingSwap, for example, is a really popular new one. Um, and then there's Barnstormers, which looks like it's from the 90s. And Facebook groups, um, Facebook Marketplace, and even eBay and Craigslist. I would scour the internet. I knew every listing back, like the back of my hand. Um, and I had gone through three or four planes that had just been, you know, gotten to somebody had gotten to them like five, 10 minutes before I did, or just dealing with the broker was frustrating or something would happen. And then I remember this one listing that I had found on Facebook a while back. And I think the only reason that it hadn't sold yet was because it was located in Arkansas. And if you're familiar with Facebook Marketplace, you can't just search the whole country. You have to search within a 500-mile radius. And so often what you'll do is you'll look for big cities, like you'll go to Dallas, Texas, or you'll go to somewhere in Florida or the East Coast. And Arkansas happened to be that one place that if you weren't searching for a city in Arkansas, it often got like kind of excluded from your search. And so there was this one listing that was only on Facebook Marketplace in Arkansas that was still up for quite some time. So I contacted the owner. It was an LLC, a group of three um, guys that just had it in Arkansas. And I was able to go and see the plane before putting an offer down and buying it, which was something that was super important to me. Um, it definitely needed a little bit of work. Um, the first annual with any airplane, I think is <laughs> a little tough, but yeah. it ended up being the perfect fit for me. So that's, that's a really cool story. You know, I had no, idea. well, first off, I feel like some people go at two in the morning on their phones and scroll on Instagram. I love going on controller and trader plane and just finding like random airplanes that like, I have no idea about and just seeing like, they're available. They're not available. Not, I'm not going to buy them, but I just think it's really cool to look. And oh, then, absolutely. Yeah, in it's the, like a whole um, world. Yeah. In the time between when I first, you know, had that spark of love for aviation and the time when I first like wanted, you know, took my discovery flight, um, my love for aviation was sparked with a small plane, right? So I was fascinated by the fact that you could just buy a plane and fly it. And I would go on controller and find, you know, the some random plane that I had no idea of any difference. I couldn't tell the difference between a Cirrus and a Piper and a Cessna and anything. And I would send it to my friends and be like, look, you can literally buy a plane for, you know, 30 grand. It was just crazy and mind blowing to me that, you know, they weren't a million dollars. So I totally understand like, you know, just scrolling on controller mindlessly and like looking at all the stuff that's there. Cause it's wild. Yeah, just no, it really is. And also like, Facebook, you can buy a plane on Facebook. Like yeah. to me, like that is just like mind blowing. Like I love to tell the Facebook marketplace story. I it's a great story. Like, Wait a minute, like <laughs> I think that's an amazing. No, that's I had no idea about that. That you yeah. bought two and Charlie on Facebook. Well, wow. I think that especially with older vintage airplanes, like you have to go where the people that own them are, and where are most older people. Facebook, right? So that's where you're going to find the planes for sale. That's where you're going to find all the information about old airplanes is on Facebook. The groups there are so valuable. It's kind of funny, but you just have to go where they are. It's wild. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. My my 90 year old grandmother is only on Facebook. So I mm -hmm. guess that is, it's a good point. 
Yeah. yeah. Old wow. guys in aviation love Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so about GA, obviously it's a huge part of your life as it's a large part of my life and, you know, flying jets and then getting back into the GA world is really refreshing and cool and unique. And it's a whole kind of different way of flying and kind of, I always tell people it, it taps a different part of your brain. For you, you're GA focused. You love it. You breathe it. You're amazing at it. I've done formation flying with you. You're an incredible pilot. Um, tell me, I know the GA community is is really important to you as it is to me and and kind of what it means to us. But you know, what does it mean to you? Like the importance of the GA community to you is, is what? Like what is, yeah. So, I mean, the thing that brings the GA community together is flying, right? Whether it's for a career or just for fun. Um, but I think flying teaches you like really incredible skills, no matter whether you're doing it as a career or for fun. Um, and I think that having such a strong community behind you as you learn to do something like flying is so important. And that's exactly what the GA community is. I've met all of my best friends through flying just at my local airport through the Instagram community. And everybody just wants to see you succeed. That's the only way I can put it. I mean, I've never met anybody who just stood in my way. And I know, yeah, there are people that exist like that, but I've just had the most incredible experience. And I think belonging to a community is so important. And the GA community is just one of the best out there. Um, So it's just super important to me to get people involved, especially younger people. um, Since, I mean, as we know, with like the pilot shortages, a lot of professional I want to say professional pilots. Sorry, Justin. I know we both have the same take on that. Um, <laughs> a lot of pilots who fly as a career are aging out of airline jobs. And most of the GA community is the same. It's just a lot of older people. And so to keep the spirit going, I think it's really important to get younger people involved, especially. Yeah. Well, and I think just like how everyone supports each other, as, as you mentioned, you know, it's just like, Hey, if that person has a flat tire, everyone kind of comes around and said, Oh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you my tire. Don't worry. I have, I have another tire coming in a day or two. You know what I mean? It's just that sense of like, I have your back. And I just think that's Absolutely. like amazing. Um, one of my friends took his Bonanza in the other day for some work, just an oil change and some stuff in the shop. And he had some hoses that needed to be repaired. Right. And the mechanic gave him his own hoses off of his own Bonanza so he could go fly a trip this weekend. And he's just like, oh, I'll just get more hoses for mine later. Like, you know, it's all good. You can take mine. Like, I don't need my Bonanza this weekend. And that's just like, to hear that, I was, that's like what GA is all about, right? Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Helping you and like holding you up too. Yeah, right? no, it's it's amazing. And then, you know, on top of that, like the whole like, Camarillo Airport, which I know you're based out of Charlie Mike Alpha, which mm-hmm. I was telling a mutual friend of ours, Miles, how like you just approach the airport and you're like, it's just a peaceful, awesome airport. Like you go, you go to some airports, you know, like, yeah, it's just kind of crazy or it's just like mayhem. It's mm-hmm. just like, honestly, like I just love flying in there to Camarillo because it's like, obviously you're there and Miles and, and the whole Camarillo fam, but like, it's just a great airport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, and the formation Sundays and Saturdays and like that camaraderie, but just that airport and the sort of, you know, that whole being of the airport, I think is just great. 
It's incredibly GA friendly too, which is great to see. I know like you and I have both had Sunair FBOs reach out to us and say, Hey, if you ever want a tour, like come by. Um, I know like all the FBOs there are super GA friendly, which sometimes is hard to find at big airports. Sometimes the FBOs are not like very keen on that. Um, I think the fact that it has a restaurant is incredible and you can go up to anybody and talk to them. Everybody at that airport is just wants to tell you stories about their time in aviation and ask you about yours. So, yeah. yeah. And, and as you mentioned, waypoint, like you can't beat way. I mean, it's the best, like it's the best <laughs> I, I'm in New York right now and I'm just thinking of waypoint and just wishing I was there. It's just, okay. Well, so, when you get back, we'll get a waypoint. Okay? <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm on my month of detox of no milkshakes at waypoint. Cause I had like what? 500, I've had, I had 500 like last month. So I'm like, I need to chill this month. But you they're amazing. Down to like a hundred. <laughs> but you, but you guys always do like the split the milkshakes. I get the whole thing, which is like nine feet high. But anyway. yeah, I remember seeing your face when you got that milkshake <laughs> first time. <laughs> it's, true. it's that is definitely that's definitely true. So another question that I've been I don't think I've ever asked you this, and it's always like sort of been very intrigued by this question because I feel like you kind of come onto the scene and like just blown stuff up in the best possible way. Like you've just kind of shown everyone how to do everything the right way, how to really hold yourself like a real adult and accountable and make amazing content. In my opinion, as a fellow content creator, you do an amazing job. How did it start? Like, how did you make that first like TikTok video that went viral? Like, did you know it was going to go viral? Like, like tell me like a bit about like how it all started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for Everything you just said, that's super, I mean, to hear that from you, like Citation Max, that you, oh, you know, think so highly of me, like I appreciate it a lot. So thank you. I mean, it. Um, so before I started flying, I always liked kind of creating, you know, taking and editing photos and videos. Um, I always, you know, I watched a lot of like vloggers my age on YouTube. Um, if you're a lot of the audience probably isn't familiar, but Emma Chamberlain, um, Ellie Thuman, Hannah Maloche, watched them all. And I just really liked their vlog style. Um, and I also just loved kind of editing my Instagram feed to all look the same and just really cohesive and nice, even before I started flying. Um, so content creation has always been like a passion of mine. I just hadn't really done anything super serious with it beyond just for fun um, before I started flying. And... I started my Instagram when I was out in California for an internship at the company I work for. Um, and I had done some flying out there. And I that was when I kind of stumbled upon the Instagram aviation community, right? So that's where all of the content started for me. The content creation and aviation was on Instagram. And I so I started my Instagram account and I named it after the call sign that the flight school I was flying at with out there. Um, the call sign that they use. They use the call sign Bay Flight for their planes. So I thought, hmm, perfect. <laughs> perfect for an Instagram username. So I'm still waiting for them to come after me with some sort of uh, <laughs> hey, why'd you steal our, you know, call sign? I'm sure they're username. honored. But we're uh, I think we're past <laughs> that point. We'll see. Um, <laughs> it is funny though. Sometimes when we were up in Northern California this weekend, even you'll hear, you know, planes called Bay Flight 19, Bay Flight 17. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's What's going on here? Um, But I started my Instagram then and I just loved taking pictures and editing them all to kind of batch and planning out my feed and posting them. That was 
it's so fun for me to do that. It's like, it's kind of a creative outlet. And it was at the time, just a way to be creative with photos and editing and Instagram. Um, I downloaded TikTok in 2020 out of quarantine boredom. I think a little bit before quarantine started, it was when TikTok kind of became popular. And during quarantine, I couldn't fly because my flying club had shut down and I didn't have my airplane yet. So I would, you know, go through old photos, videos, and I decided to just stitch them together and start making TikToks. And I kind of fell in love with like the editing process and how it was kind of fast paced. Um, and it didn't require like the effort that YouTube did um, in a way. I mean, it still requires effort, but it's a different type of editing and you don't need to, you know, spend hours and hours and hours editing a TikTok. So I just started putting together short little clips. And then when I got my airplane, I kind of had a feel for the platform and I decided to put together a little bit more um, content flying my own airplane. And the TikTok that went viral was just a TikTok of me kind of getting ready to fly the plane. And I did not expect it. I still remember where I was when it started, you know, going crazy and just sitting there refreshing, refreshing and being totally overwhelmed. And it was just the most wild feeling ever. Um, I didn't think it would happen. It, it was crazy. Like I was in this coffee shop in Ann Arbor, just like switching between the notifications tab and my tab on to my like account page. And every time I would switch, it would say 99 plus notifications. And I just go back and forth. It's crazy. Like that first it's, unexplainable, like the feeling you get when it just first happens. It's very, very, um, very surreal, but I do remember, and I did not expect it to happen at all, but I love the short paced, kind of short paced editing that TikTok yeah. lets you do, but YouTube has been great also recently. Yeah, so got let's into talk that about that. And, so, t- yeah. let's talk about what, so TikTok, I mean, you've done, I mean, you're selling, you're selling yourself short. You've done, I mean, <laughs> 40, 50, 60 TikTok videos. And I mean, they have huge amount of views. They're very impressive, but it's a whole different ball game as someone who obviously I have done YouTube and I feel like I'm too old for TikTok, but let's, we'll keep that between us <laughs> and whoever's listening. But, but like, it's such a different world, right? Like I have a TikTok account and I kind of scroll and find funny videos of whatever, and that's it. And, but it's like, it's such a different world, right? Like, and now you've experienced that and like, Talk about kind of what made you go from TikTok and Instagram and all that to then being like, I want to give YouTube a shot. Mm -hmm. So YouTube was always kind of what I was interested in doing, right? And I just didn't have a way to do it until I started doing it. Um, Because when I, you know, I was into YouTube way before I was on TikTok, way before I was on Instagram, but it's kind of hard to record YouTube videos when you're not using like your own airplane or you don't have access to an airplane that you can record in regularly. So, cause it took me so long to figure out how to set up the cameras, how to, you know, edit correctly, how to do everything. Um, so once I got the Bonanza, I started experimenting with the camera setup and audio and how to manage everything. Because I think a lot of recording is how do you manage three cameras and fly an airplane and do it all safely? That's, something that's extremely difficult and not to mention, you know, getting all of the equipment together, like just making sure everything's charged. Like it's difficult. I still struggle with it. And so the first, you know, bit that I had the Bonanza, it was down for a little bit for maintenance. So I couldn't record anything. And then when it was up, I was just trying to figure out how to record. Right. And how, right. how do I do this thing that I've wanted yeah. to do for so long? 
And it took me forever to figure it out. And finally, after, I mean, I've had several failed video attempts back in, you know, 2021 that are just sitting on a flash drive, hard drive somewhere. Um, I finally figured it out and I recorded my trip to Oshkosh and that's where it all started. And I kind of tried to keep the fast paced attention grabbing, you know, pace of TikTok, but put it into a YouTube video and make it a long form story. And I really love it. It's, it's totally different from TikTok. You get to tell so much more of a story and you have so much more freedom in editing since you have so much more time. Um, and it's been really fun. Yeah, no, it's a different world. And I mean, I think with that being said, Let's talk about a little bit, you know, grew up in Michigan, lived in Michigan. You just moved to California, the big cross country trip, <laughs> which honestly, I give you so much credit because like to do that by yourself in a 1952 Bonanza, normally aspirated across the country, you know, move like that's like, that's a lot, you know, it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of, <laughs> you just took it in strategy, just kind of went for it. Right. Obviously, you, you know, you briefed everything and you went over, you reviewed everything, but like with all of that being said, like still, it's a, it's a big deal. Right. Like I know, I mean, a lot of people that just be like, you know what, I'm just not going to do that. Right. T t talk to me a little bit about like that process and like how that sort of kind of just decided to go for it and planned it out and just kind of went for it. So I am a very cautious flyer. And I think we all should be, but I think to some degree, sometimes it will keep me from doing things that I could definitely do by myself, but I elect to stay on the ground because I'm too nervous to do it. Um, and flying long trips by myself like that was one of those things that I just had this horrible feeling about doing. I just did not want to do it at all. I would just feel horrible before being faced with a trip like that. And I would always want to go with friends or not go at all. So I knew if I didn't do this trip, I probably would never do it by myself. And that's why I, I mean, I had no shortage of friends who would have been happy to come along with, and, you know, it would have been an extremely fun time to go with friends, but I knew that this was something that I needed to do by myself just to kind of prove to myself, like, Hey, you can do this. Like you are confident enough to do this. Like you have no reason to think that you can't. Right. Yeah. Um, that being said, I got extremely lucky with the weather. It was this huge high pressure system moved across the whole country and it was beautiful VFR the entire way. Um, I spaced the trip out over three days. I probably could have done it actually four days. I spent one day just in Arizona recovering from the past two days. I probably could have done it in two, but I wanted to just take my time since I was recording everything. Um, but other than that, I just kind of had this mentality that I couldn't think more than 24 hours in advance. And as long as I, you know, could figure out what was happening that day, I was fine. And I would figure out the next day, the next day. Yeah. Um, and I, I, cause I have this, you know, problem where I just think too much about the future and I just need to one, take one day at a time. And that's how it was able to work. I think other than if I didn't think like that, it wouldn't have happened. So yeah. Tell me about, I know we spoke about a little bit uh, of the trip when you stopped in some like middle of nowhere airport in like I Ohio or something. And like, <laughs> there was like the kind of the, the people that like hang around the airport on the weekends and they all kind of sit there and have lunch together and watch airplanes. Like they, you kind of like, like, Hey, what are you doing? And like, you really like love them and they loved you. Of course. You know, how did that tell me about that? Yeah. So before I left, I wanted to stop at one on towered airport on the trip, at least, because 
I love on towered airports. I know some people have this like weird aversion to them, but I grew or I didn't grow up. I learned to fly. I learned to fly at an airport that was to one side, you had the Detroit Bravo and to the other side, you just had a ton of grass strips and uncontrolled fields. So you got a good taste of both. So I love uncontrolled airports. I think there's really, you know, unique planes and people at them. So I wanted to stop at one and I figured it'd be good to do that the first day while I was still kind of in the Midwest. So I picked this airport, Monroe City, Missouri, and I called ahead to make sure that the fuel pump was working. And when I called ahead, the airport manager, Dell, answered the phone and he's like, oh, we're having a fly in. Like you should have, you know, come for breakfast. You should have come for breakfast. And I told him, you know, I was flying in from Michigan and I was going to be there in the afternoon. And so I land at the airport and it's super small. There's like a couple buildings. I guess there's only 10 airplanes based at the field. And I pull up to the fuel pump and there's a couple guys standing around and I get out of the plane and they look at me and they're like, you're that girl from YouTube. And I had only posted like two YouTube videos at the time. So I, I was like, yeah, like I am that girl from YouTube, I, I guess. <laughs> and they were just that airport was everything that GA was about, right? They offered to help me with my fuel. They brought me inside. I met everybody, you know, all their wives and like everybody that was there. And they gave me like, they brought out the leftovers from breakfast that they had already packed up into the car, but they got them out and heated everything up for me. And then they started playing my YouTube videos on the computer in this building. It was just the funniest, like best experience ever that like just set the tone for the rest of the trip. It was great. Well, it's like those moments. It's like, it's surreal, right? It's like, where am I right now? But I love every second of it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really cool. So then you went from there to then Wichita and then it just, you kept on going West, right? Mm-hmm. I went from Wichita to Amarillo, Texas, Albuquerque, Mesa, Arizona, and then over to Camarillo from there. Okay. Well, yeah, I just, I, I've done one piston Across the country trip. And I, I said to myself after I got done, it was like 19 hours or whatever it was. I'm like, okay, I've done it. I don't yep. really want to do it again. Yeah. I think I would do it again, but I would want one to bring friends. Yes. Right? That because is the key. I, I did it by myself. It sucks yeah, by yourself. It was boring at times. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just sitting there like, okay, like I've been seeing the same stuff out the window for six hours here. You know, are we getting anywhere? Like what's going on? And two, it made me realize the value of an autopilot so much. (laughs) Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. A great retirement from the airline industry starts with finding the right financial planning partner. And that's why RAA's approach to financial services is exclusively built around the needs, concerns, and desires of the airline community. I guess you could say it's in our DNA because RAA was created by pilots to serve pilots. And having proudly served pilots for more than 30 years, RAA has built a financial planning approach designed to not only meet your goals and needs, but also address the unique short and long-term concerns that accompany a career in aviation. Because whether you're just entering the airline industry or nearing your final flight, the team at RAA is ready to support your journey from takeoff to touchdown. Learn more about the benefits of working with an RAA airline specialized advisor at raa.com forward slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. And now back to today's episode. So I know, I think I didn't even know this until a few months ago. I think maybe Oshkosh, but you're a CFI. I am. So are we going to start seeing Miss Bay Flight CFI instruction? Well, we'll see. My uh, 
flight instructor certificate expires in two weeks and I've got Does about really? 25% of my FERC to go. So <laughs> hopefully you'll be seeing CFI, uh, so, CFI content. <laughs> do you want to teach? Like, do you have, like, what made you get, like, what made you kind of do that? And cause it's obviously a tough rating. It's a lot of people, you know, do it to build time. What made you kind of go that route? So when I started flying, I started flying for fun. And once you get your private, everybody starts asking you, so when are you going to the airlines? When are you getting your instrument rating? Right. And when I got my private, it was my junior year of college. I just finished my first semester of my junior year. And I was so burnt out from school. I was just done with computer science. You put computer science in my face. I'm like, get it out, get it away. Like, I don't want to look at it. Right. And I started to think, you know, maybe I do want to fly as a career. Maybe I do want to do this. And so I went on to get my instrument rating and I got my instrument rating at the end of my second semester of junior year. So junior year was over. And this was when I was going out to my internship in California, which completely renewed my love for computer science, which left me in a really tough position. You know, what do I want to do? So I loved both things, right? I could see myself flying as a career. I could see myself doing computer science. So I went on to get my commercial. I went on to get my CFI and then COVID happened. And that definitely forced my hand, I think, in a way that I'm grateful for. I'm really glad that I ended up down the path that I am with computer science. But um, I did get my CFI because I, you know, I wanted to build time and it was a great gig as a college student to be flight instructing. And I got to instruct just a little bit before COVID happened. I got my CFI in January, 2020. So, you know, between Michigan weather and just getting my flight instructor rating, I didn't get to instruct a ton, but it was fun. I did enjoy it. Um, I think getting to help somebody find their love for aviation was really cool. And I wish I had a little bit more time to kind of have really established students, but unfortunately it just didn't pan out that way. And I would love to instruct, but it wouldn't be fair to the students yeah. to them because I That's just don't of, have time. like, yeah, with a nine to five job and it gets dark at 5 PM. What do you do? Right. Are all your lessons going to be at night? I hope not. <laughs> right. No, it's true. Well, it's like, yeah. and that's like the whole thing. It's like, you have a nine to five job, which is like, not like it's an easy job, like computer engineering, like, oof, that's like, I mean, that's <laughs> no joke. And then you have the three social media platforms, which is an, I mean, a whole other full-time job. And I don't even have a TikTok. I mean, I just, just Instagram and YouTube and I'm like drinking from the fire hose a little bit. So I can only yeah. imagine you. And I don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, how, how do you juggle and balance and kind of do all that so stuff? I think that it's a blessing in disguise in a way because having both those things keeps me from getting burnt out with either one. Because whenever I get burnt out with social media, it's like, all right, let me just go back to the computer science stuff real quick. And let me go back to the software engineering and really dive into that. Um, and when I'm kind of feeling burnt out from that, I'll just, you know, hop on my laptop and start editing a little bit. And so it lets me kind of switch back and forth. And I, this sounds terrible, but I just don't have enough time to devote to either things to be burnt out in either of them because you only have so much time in a day. Right. Um, realistically, I would love to spend a little bit more time with the flying and go on more trips and edit more and post more content. But, um, it's a pretty good balance for now. It's easy to get burnt out. You have to, you know, tread lightly, but it's going okay so far, <laughs> I think. <Yeah. laughs> well, and the whole YouTube stuff, that's really taken off. On a, I mean, recently, right? You've really started to post more videos and that's been really cool. So mm -hmm. that's kind of 
a whole separate full-time job. Now you've added to your, to your plate. Yeah. The YouTube is a whole, YouTube is a whole different animal. Um, if <laughs> you are currently waiting for part three of my California trip, I'm very sorry, but it probably will not be posted for another two weeks because it's just YouTube editing is like, it's so time consuming. Like it took me, it, it, people, somebody commented on my last YouTube video. They're like, you're going to need an annual by the time you actually get to California. I'm like, I might. Like, <laughs> it was funny, but yeah, it, it's tough, but I enjoy it. It doesn't feel like a job. So it doesn't bother me that it's like a lot of work. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, fellow content creators kind of, we learn stuff from each other and like, I didn't know that when you, I guess, had some audio error corrupted files that like there was like a company that you can send to and like they fix your files. Like, yeah. So I have no idea. Like, that's so cool to me. Like, maybe I'm just like nerding out here, but like, that's cool. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, thank goodness because I, I, it was not good. I like opened my computer and tried to load the SD card after my second day of my trip. I was in Arizona and I was just, dead tired. Right. And you see, you know, after all this work you've put in after your, you know, eight hour flying day, you're trying to load the video. You're like, Oh no, (laughs) it's not there. And it, yeah, there, I had to recover the files with one software and then send them to another company who it was over like 50 gigabytes of footage that I got back. They fixed it to a T perfect. So I, yeah, it's the struggle of content creation is real. Like it's tough. And even when you do everything right, stuff can go wrong and just screw up your whole plan. But well, it's like you film, right. And then like you hit record and then you think, okay, cool. And then like, you don't really know until you get home and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. did it work? Did I have any, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of like trust the GoPros. What, what, uh, what cameras do you use? Do you use GoPros or Sony's? I use GoPros. I have okay. The one on the wing is a Hero 9 and then the two inside are Hero 8s. Okay. And you control them with the GoPro app? Is that how you do it? So I control the one on the wing. So I control the GoPro 8s inside with just my hand. Like I just yeah. turn them on and off because I can yeah. just reach back super easy. Um, but the one on the wing, I use the remote, the little GoPro remote. Um, I I used my phone in the past, but sometimes I'd have connectivity issues. And I hated using my phone for that just because like if I needed to pull up for flight or like just needed it for something else, like, and having to switch between the GoPro app and that, and like dealing with that was just not, it was not it. Okay. I was not having a good time. So <laughs> I was like, I need to just consolidate this into like one thing that's easy to operate. And the remote has been great. It lets you turn the GoPro on and off to save the battery, which has been a lifesaver yeah. a million times I, this weekend. It was great. So that's been helpful. But, um, I think just, like the hardest thing is you have to be as hands-off as possible. You can't be touching the cameras and fiddling with them in critical phases of flight when you're, you know, trying to do things. You you have to be able to just drop everything and, you know, focus on the airplane. And so compartmentalizing that into like a separate piece of equipment was very helpful. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I am with like the cameras I use. I use a couple of GoPros, which I love, but also the Sony FDRX mm-hmm. 3000s where the battery life is like two and a half hours long. So I hit play, record, that's it. I don't think about it. I don't look at it because I know I don't have to worry about batteries and overheating and you know all that sort of stuff. And I think it takes such a, when you know you're filming a flight, like you just don't worry about it. You don't even think the mm-hmm. cameras are even on. You're kind of just in your zone and you're like, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, that's the best. Recording. Yeah. When shorter flights, I, I love when I can just do that and you just don't worry about it. Um, on longer flights, I'll turn the wing and the back camera on and off a lot, but the front camera, I'll just keep switching out the batteries when they die and just record everything because I don't want to have to try and like time when the radio communications are going to happen or things like that. Like, it's just not worth it. Like you have to just go through nine hours of footage when you land, there's no other way around it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. No, it's, I, I did a, came back from a trip a few months ago and I filmed like four or five videos in like a week. And I coming back and like downloading the, the, you know, gigabytes and stuff on my SD card. And I'm like, and I load them up into Dropbox. I'm like, it says like two and a half days. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like it's, it's crazy. Like it's just, there's a lot of footage that happens. So, but it's awesome. We love it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, I think it's given us all so many, as you mentioned before, opportunities to meet so many great people and friends that will be friends for life and people at our wedding. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, it's just like you, people that you really do love and you consider family, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think that's like, and like even just like my dad, who's like, an old dude, love him to death, but he's old. And like, he doesn't get like the whole like social media, like it's not just like online friends, like it's your friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like you talk to someone on Instagram for a year and a half and you finally meet them and it's like, yeah, you're just my friend. It's not like, there's no difference. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. Oshkosh and Sun and Fun and all these different things. And it's like, you know, it's real camaraderie and real friendship. And then you actually like move to the same place and you, you know what I mean? It's just like family. And I think it's, yeah. it's something so nice that, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it might be, can can bring people together over a common passion. And you can all enjoy that together. And I think there's something really like awesome and amazing about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think like social media really allows you to find the people that you click with the most, right? Yeah. Because you're not just surrounded by the people that are in close proximity to you. You're surrounded by people all over the country, all over the world. Um, great example is my friend Hannah, fly with Han on Instagram, shameless plug. Um, she and I have met in person like four times maybe, but every time we see each other, it's like we hung out the day before because we're constantly talking to each other on Instagram, Snapchat, texting, like TikTok, everything. Um, <laughs> every and possible if we platform met, they're what? talking on. I said every yeah. possible platform <laughs> they're talking on. Yeah. yeah. No, LinkedIn, that's awesome. Like LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> But if it weren't for social media, like I would have never met her. So, and we're so close. So it's, it's incredible. I think the aviation community, especially, I mean, you take an already like close knit community and you put it on a platform that lets you reach anybody. It just makes it, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Well, it, it has, you know, the downside is that everybody knows everybody sometimes, but it, that can be a good thing too. So yeah. Well, it's just how, um, how small it is and how, this person knows that person through a mutual friend. And it's just, it's an amazing community to be a part of. Cause I think everyone, you know, I'm a part of like nerdy, like flight sim communities, which I love. And I used to be in middle school, like, you know, different like battlefield, call of duty, you know, all that sort of stuff, which I love, but this is, I mean, the whole flying community for me, it's like, it's so deep. It's so passionate. Everyone's so into it. Like mm -hmm. it really is like, I mean, it's an amazing, I mean, I'm, honored and blessed to be a part of it. I mean, it's an amazing, um, community. So absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so I am taking a page off of Justin's page because he has the best page, um, on the rapid fire questions. So 
the rapid fire questions, I kind of just kind of wing these and just scribbled them down, but uh, answer them as either a yes or no, a short sort of answer as we're kind of running out of time here. And uh, I, I put my own little spin on them. So some of them are pretty, pretty, pretty chill, but some of them have, you know, a little citation max twist on it. So uh, we'll start here. Are you ready, Stevie? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. What is the next airplane you'll own? Cessna 140. Ooh, okay. What would be your dream airplane to own? C-35 Bonanza. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, if there are two people in the world you could meet for lunch at Waypoint Cafe, who would they be? Miles Malone, and then probably like two hours later, Miles Malone again. Okay. I mean, honestly, I mean, we might have to fight for that because that's what I want to do. So <laughs> oh, we might. might... Don't worry. <laughs> I just want to have lunch with Miles. You could come later. I just, I love Miles. I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, we could all have lunch together. All right. Favorite FBO snack? Talk to cookies. Obviously. Good answer. I we going to say fruit snacks. I was going to be disappointed. Who likes fruit snacks <laughs> when there's chocolate chip cookies or even popcorn? Nobody. Yeah, that's true. Favorite airport you've flown into? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Kelly's Island, Ohio is very cool. Or Was that, the, was that the one you did the YouTube video? Kelly's Island? Yes. Okay. My friend lives there and it's just it's a very cool community. That looked very, very cool. cool. All right. So I'm very curious about this question. And I'm sure people will be either be very excited or very disappointed or judge or not judge. Me as well. What music do you listen to in the airplane? That's a good question. Um, you, I listen Stevie. to a lot of recently with all the California flying, it's been a lot of like surf rock, you know, <laughs> that's been good. But okay. like indie pop, um, nothing sad. I don't want to be no, sad. We love being like, happy. I'm, you know, yeah. like <laughs> I'm trying to think like, I, I mean, I have a Spotify. If you want to check out my playlists, I have some good ones. One of them has like 14 followers. So I'm kind of a big deal, you know? Whoa. That is <laughs> I <big>. know. <laughs> like when you were flying over like Kentucky and like Mississippi on the way to like the West coast, did you put on like country? Were you just like blasting country? Well, to be fair, I didn't fly through either of those states. Okay, but... I'm sorry. What some <laughs> like Midwest some, state? Some classic rock. That yes. would be that would be good. Yeah. Okay. It okay. depends on where I am, right? Gotcha. So, do you like do that like by states? Like California is like California. That's <laughs> well, I know I'm that's good. what you listen to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I do. You know me well. <laughs> yeah, it depends. If I'm in like the desert or like over the Midwest, classic rock, but out uh -huh. here, it's got to be surf rock. It's got to be like something I could listen to while I'm heading to the beach. Okay. Okay. Uh, next question. There's more. <laughs> there is more. Do you want to fly jets? No. Yes or no? No. Well, like if I were presented with the opportunity, yes, but do I want to fly jets for... Like regularly, no. You have no, like, you don't have a dream of like, I want to fly a Gulfstream G700 so badly. Not really? No. Okay. I don't know. It, there's something special about GA and, you know, like vintage airplanes and just the being able to fly into breakfast into any airport. It's, that's what's special to me, I think. Okay. And that might change. You know, maybe I'll, you know, get interested in jets later on once I've exhausted every GA option out there, but <laughs> we'll see. Okay. 
last question. Since you know I'm the FBO cookie king, mm-hmm. here's my important final question, Stevie. Okay. Out of all the FBOs that you've ever been to, who has the best cookies? I think the, is it a millionaire at Burbank? They're amazing. They're so good. They're so good. Uh, they're definitely up there. They're not number one, but they're top five. What's they're number one? Five. Oof. I would probably say Burlington, Vermont, Heritage Aviation. They make incredible chocolate chip cookies. It's like know. amazing. Like amazing. Well, if you think so, then obviously. <laughs> right. But funny, speaking of the, of the Burbank story, one of my most popular videos was actually, uh, I went to go grab the cookies from Millionaire Burbank and I then forgot them in the FBO. And then as I'm taxing out, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go grab my cookies because I literally thought they were right next to me. And I'm like, oh crap, I forgot my cookies in the FBO. <laughs> and tragic. I was, it was tragic. <laughs> I was heartbroken, but that was at Millionaire Burbank because I was so heartbroken because as now Miss Bayflight knows, it is, they are the best. They're great cookies. They're amazing. Cool. <laughs> well, as we wrap this up, I just want to pass it to you, Stevie. And so you can give a little shout out to your social media platforms because I know you're on a lot. Where can people find you? If I'm sure everyone is already following you, but if they <laughs> haven't checked out uh, Stevie, where can they find you? So I'm on Instagram as Bay Flight. That's B-A-Y Flight, not B-A-E Flight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do, people really, on- do people really get that mixed up? I get that a lot. People do get it mixed up. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. Um, TikTok is the one and only plain girl. And on Instagram, I'm sorry. And my YouTube is just my first name, last name, Stevie Treasenberg. If you look up Stevie Bonanza, I'll probably pop up. Pop up so. <laughs> awesome. Well, definitely, uh, if you haven't, give uh, Stevie a follow on those three platforms. Very, very good. All very different. And uh, again, just want to say a big thank you to Justin for having me as the guest host and allowing me to have Stevie on. Stevie, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun and you're just great. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And just for Justin, go blue. Thank you for watching the Pilot to Pilot podcast. I was your guest host, Citation Max. I want to give a big thank you to Justin, Pilot to Pilot, for having me on the podcast this week as a guest host. This was a big honor for me. So I really do appreciate it, Justin. I also want to say a huge congratulations to Justin and his whole family on the newborn adorable baby Emmett. I wish you and your family only the best and a very, very prosperous future. Thanks so much to everyone for listening this week. Everyone take care. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. AV Nation, that is a wrap of the Pilot the Pilot podcast guest host edition. Uh, I don't know if this is one through five. I'm just recording one full swoop for all this. So this applies to all of them. But thank you so much for the guest host for coming on. It was a blast to share this podcast with them. I I have listened to each episode and they're all great, great content. And I'm so thankful for them to come on and let me take this break while my wife and I take care of our newborn son. But check out Pilot's Coffee. Check out Pilot the Pilot. Leave a review on iTunes. If you already did, leave another review. Check out Spotify. There is a rumor that reviews are coming soon on Spotify. So check that out and leave a review as well. But Aviation, I hope you're having a great day. And as always, happy flying.